Hey guys, welcome to the Women Going Big podcast. It's Krista, your host, and um, I, I have to catch myself every time I say this, but I'm, I need to find another word for excited. So if you guys have another word for excited, let me know um, so I can introduce my guests in a different way. But I am super excited to have this guest on today. Um, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's my absolute pleasure. Pleasure? Pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's my <laughs> <Okay>. pleasure. <laughs> and Natalie, can you do just a quick introduction to our audience? Absolutely. My name is Natalie Q and I live in Salt Lake City. Um, I was raised here in Utah, but, um, and in the culture, got married super young while I was still in college and um, married a guy who'd done a mission overseas for the Mormon church, which is common here. So he spoke fluent Korean and we, um, four months after I finished school, we were already married like a year and a half. We moved to Seoul and then from there to Taipei and then to Sydney and then to Melbourne and then back to Sydney in a short stint in New Zealand. And um, in the midst of all of this, I, I got divorced and I left my religion and um, had this big sort of going big young, but then a real like fork in the road, lost, who am I now? Mm -hmm. What the hell was all of that? And um, moved home about five years ago and began sorting through all of that. And now I'm a life coach and I write and speak about these topics. And I'm so honored to be here speaking to your audience, um, as I said to you, which is just uh, the exact people that I want to have a conversation with about mm -hmm. their lives and how they <clears throat> you know, lead from the heart and, and go big and, and listen to that voice within them that, you know, tells them that there's something more and um, listening to that voice and letting it guide me has been a big challenge, but has obviously been a big part of going big. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I'm just so passionate about this topic. I love it. And your story really, really stood out to me. And, you know, every story that I've had so far, you know, obviously, every story is special in its own way. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I created this platform is I want to share real stories about real women. Um, and some of them are bigger than life. And it really, like I said, yours, yours is one of those just, just on paper. Um, to me, it seemed like yours was bigger than life. So I do, and I haven't really had anybody on the show yet that can kind of talk about, I like how you said the forks in the road, because mm -hmm. I think that we almost on a daily basis, but there's always something that we're struggling with where it's, do I go this way or do I go this way? Mm -hmm. And what are the repercussions of either one of those and how do you deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, going through my major event, you know, at the time I left my religion, I'd been married eight years. I'd, I had two kids and here, you know, 95% of the people on the planet are Mormon. My whole family is Mormon. It, it rocks your friggin' world to, mm -hmm. to do something like that. And then, um, and, and we're, we, it, it's been 10 years, honestly, maybe even today, today could literally oh, be wow. my exact 10 year anniversary of this event where yeah. it was a you know, really explosive event within my life. My husband didn't leave with me, which was shocking. He did mm -hmm. leave a year later. So that's nice because there are a lot of couples dealing with that interfaith yeah. We got married together as one and now one's out, one's in, and mm -hmm. that can be really challenging. But it was it was the way, I don't know, whatever people's beliefs are, the universe, mm -hmm. God, 
energy, wisdom beyond us, the collective. It was a way that it was such a lesson for going my own way. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways I learned, um, when I realized, you know, 95% of the people that I knew thought that this was crazy, maybe a mm -hmm. nervous breakdown, maybe even like satanic, which is, sounds extreme to me, but yeah. to even say that out loud, but it's true. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got to go, but I know I'm not. Yeah. And what do I do now? And I, I, 10 years later, I'm still, I just bumble around over here. I think of it as like, all right, I'm in my bed. The lights are off. I'm bumbling around on the um, nightstand looking for my glasses and I'm knocking over drinks of water and, <laughs> you know, and the lamp comes crashing down. And I, you know, sometimes in life, you just have to allow yourself that freedom yeah. that it's okay that you can make a wrong turn or make mm -hmm. a mistake, especially if you have started to unlearn the narratives of your tribe of origin unlearn the narratives of your gender and what was expected of you as a man or a woman, unlearn the narratives around who you should be and what life should look like to be successful or to be happy and go into your own self and trust mm -hmm. your own intuition. For a minute, it's going to look really funky, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And I, you know, it, it's crazy in this this conversation right here, you know, I feel like just as a whole, like I feel it on such like already, I feel it on such a deeper level. Mm. Um, so I want to make sure, and one of the biggest things is I want to make sure that like those in my audience, it, it's really about small steps because making, making a big event or, you know, making a big change like that is, it's terrifying. You know, um, I, I love the point you're touching on. So sorry to cut you no, off. No, it's okay. Go ahead. It's, it makes me think there's always so much, they say, I don't know if this statistic is at, um, accurate today, but I remember at the time I was leaving, they said something like 5% of people leave their <clears throat> religion of birth, mm -hmm. whether that's Islam or Christianity or different forms of Christianity. They, they, it's just not really that common. So there's mm -hmm. all these questions about what makes a person do that. And I, I there's smart people who stay, there's dumb people who leave, you yeah. know, not, not to be crude or crass or, <laughs> or to you know, just for simplicity to be generic. But um, I, I know that I was the kind of person who was taking those little steps before mm -hmm. I took the big step, trying to advocate for myself, ask for my needs to be met, mm -hmm. being, you know, stranded and your cell phone batteries runs out and having the courage to just ask a stranger to um, borrow their phone, all those things, like it would well up within me, like I'm so nervous. But I think it was the commitment to flex that muscle all of the time in little ways that meant when it was the big moment where I had to make a really big choice, I was, I, I didn't have an atrophy of muscle. Like there was a little yeah. bit of muscle mass there to, to get me through mm -hmm. what was, you know, an event that rocked my world. But go, I want to hear what you had to say. No, and I was just going to say, you know, we, we're kind of going in the same direction, but, um, and even for me is, and I don't want to say that I've made a decision quite that big, but it, it's felt like it, you know, there's been things that I've come to a fork in the road where I'm like, well, shoot, do I go get a nine to five job and be a hundred percent stable for the rest of my life and be, be able to provide and have a check, you know, coming in once or twice a month regularly? Or do I go do my own thing and have, you know, no, you know, no guarantee of a paycheck or anything like that? That's a pretty big decision. But I think what started 
the, the small decisions are like you said, those, those little movements that you can start making, like maybe it's setting boundaries, you know, maybe it's, you know, sticking up for yourself, you know, when you know that you're in a position that, you know, somebody's talking down to you or you're just in a conversation that you don't like. Um, I guess what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at is what are some of those really small movements that people can make that women can make to make that muscle stronger. Yeah. I even saw a really guy. I love TikTok because I've got teenagers. Okay. Really great TikTok where this um, woman said, here's what you do. You go and you ask for a 10% discount on your coffee. And it isn't about getting the discount. Obviously mm-hmm. it's like, you know, 45 cents, who cares? Yeah. It's about going and having, you know, that's not really appropriate in our culture, right? Mm-hmm. Especially for women. We can't get mad and we can't stick up for ourselves and we're yeah. meant to be pleasant and happy. And there's all, I call them the cultural voice, right? Mm-hmm. So we like, if that weren't true, then going and asking for that discount would be really easy. And yeah. it's not, it's really hard. You feel weird. Mm-hmm. You feel, Ooh, I'm, I'm selfish for advocating for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm some kind of, I don't know, fill in the blank of what that would mean to you if you yeah. just go into your body right now at the thought of the visceral your reaction that you're having mm-hmm. to go ask for a discount somewhere. It's a, at a store. It doesn't have to be coffee anywhere, mm-hmm. but just to do something that's out of the norm. We all know yeah. our place, right? Nope. We just go and we're supposed to pay. And so we just do that. And just thinking of starting to do something differently than you do it as well. I've been ruminating on this. How you do one thing is how you do everything and trying to see the through line in just different places where I'm struggling and going, okay, I know on the micro that's showing up here and it's bleeding out into the macro of the bigger moment when it really matters. So where can I start to, if how I do one thing is how I do everything, do everything from a self advocacy perspective where I get my needs met and I ask for help if I need it. Mm-hmm. And I feel a strength within myself that I'm worthy of that. You know, and I like, I resonate with that so much. And just really quick, I want, for those of you listening, if you were going to write anything down for this podcast, write down what she just said. What is it that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Yeah. So write that down. How I do one thing is how I do everything. And I'm going to, I'm going to write that down right now because it is so true. And mm. I, I'm like, I've, I've been reading so many books lately, but in one of the books that I read, he talks about like sticking up for yourself and like, it's not selfish, but we're, I feel like we're in a society where, like you said, is that we're, we're taught to not raise a fuss. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taught to not kind of, not, not really speak our minds. Like feminism is really big or, you know, speaking up about how you feel is really big. But, but like you said, small things, like if your dinner's wrong at a restaurant, like you're allowed to send it back if it's not yeah. right. Without being a trope of like yeah. the difficult woman or bitchy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not fair. And I know men probably struggle with this in their yeah. own way. Um, it might just be different because we, we've raised boys and girls differently. And so mm-hmm. men and women have a difference um, in how, how they perceive that they're, who they're allowed to be in this world, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, and it's interesting. It is super interesting. And I, I just, 
like I really feel, and I was, I was in the same boat, but when I started realizing the way that I felt about certain things and that I was making myself smaller Mm. to make others around me feel better or bigger, like I saw that and I, I, I wish that I could tell those of you in the audience how you guys could see it too. Like, I don't know if it's, and maybe you could help me with this, Natalie, is how can, how can my audience know when they're being, I don't want to say minimalized, but I guess that's the best way that they're allowing someone to make them feel small or be small, or you can't say that. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm so fascinated by permission Mm -hmm. because I feel like I've lived a lot of my life needing it. Yeah. And that's different, I would say, to validation, but it's like, am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to do that? Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to, to be that? And um, I, I love these people who are, again, we learn in the extremes. I love these people who are so expansive to me, whether you I agree with their politics or who they really are, they're just out loud and proud, right? Mm-hmm. The Cardi B's and the Lizzo's of the world. Yeah. I yeah. just take them in my mind and go, expand my mind of what is possible to claim that's yours, claim your truths as yours, claim your story. I mean, even this is very difficult. Um, on the one hand, leaving the church and, and really seeing through the illusion of how much it mattered, what people thought of me. I saw these people come in to my life and people who'd been my friends and I really, really realized they weren't my friend. They'd come yeah, check yeah. in and then I'd let them know wh- who I was and revealed myself and my new value systems. And they just ghosted, they abandoned. And I didn't even have the language to process like people come in to talk to you just to talk about you. Yeah. I didn't realize that until like last week, again, a TikTok. Um, and so I quickly, over the first two years I was out, really saw through that illusion. But then there were a handful of maybe about 20 people, my parents and my siblings, who I love so much, being one of them, and and a few others who were still within that faith structure and belief system, who it just, it lot, there a lot was implicitly and explicitly said, don't talk bad about the church. Don't. And I was like, this is a church that I feel so differently about now that is Mm -hmm. 30 years in my story. I was 29 when I left. So you're going to tell me I have to go extricate myself out of this and never talk about it, never Mm -hmm. say anything about it. But at the same time, it was my whole life for almost 30 years, three decades. And saying truth about what I... um, went through in a patriarchal religion as a woman, mm-hmm. that is such an allegory for so what so many other women are feeling and they mm-hmm. don't have the words to say, this world makes me feel like I'm not allowed to have anything. 2% of the world's CEOs are women. That's a problem. Yeah. And I see a correlation through my experience of how I was raised in a church to never work. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that, but that has been excruciating emotionally to say, I'm allowed to say those things and those ugly truths that upset people close to me Mm -hmm. is still hard. And that, I have to tell you, like, that was powerful. Like just that, that little tiny bit of your story right there, because a, and you know, I, I love coming on here because people, people really have been diving deep. And I'm one of those people that I like knowing these these parts of the story, the parts of your story that 
that make you click and make you move and are the reason why you are today. But there's a lot of folks, there's a lot of women out there that hide behind their story mm-hmm. or they don't know how to handle these ugly truths. And that's, that's one thing I, I do want to touch on too. When you said the Mormon church was 30 years of your life and now all of a sudden you're supposed to what, pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but how, what would you, how can you comment on maybe somebody out there that either doesn't like their story right now? or has a past that they don't like and they're trying, they're actively, you know, trying to rewrite their story or they have this story that they see, like, how do they get there? Why this will resonate with people so deeply is because this was my version of how it showed up, but it shows up in everybody's life. Somebody right now is, is having that struggle. You've had it work. Do I stay in this soulless you know, corporate structure that is not heart-centered for me at all, but how do I begin to take that leap and own who I really am? Because it's not just what you say, the things that you say or the truths you need to speak. It's who you actually need to be. Mm -hmm. So how do you get there? I mean, it's so funny that I know this is resonant because it's everywhere in movies, you know, different movies where the dad wants the son to take over the family business and but he, you know, has a dream of being a stand-up comedian and he'll never make it. And, and we see these people just trying to claim their own minds and their own bodies and their own stories and their own narratives. And it's, it's a day-by-day process. I think it takes a lot of thinking about what it's really about. Is it a worthiness issue? I think it was for me for a long time because I've had to think like, what, what was all of that? Why, why did it take me so long? I'm only just now doing it. I've been knowing I was meant to speak about these things for four years plus, and it has been terrifying. And I've let different moments where people said to me, to my face, <laughs> please don't be one of those people who leaves the church and can't leave it alone thank you so much for never speaking ill about the church when it's like, okay, you just told me, thank you for staying small. Thank you for making me comfortable in Mm -hmm. my world. Thank you for never having a belief of your own. And I know that that is said to people in different ways for all the things. You're not allowed to go big for yourself. You're not allowed to go get that job. You better be sensible. You better stay in that job where it's safe and Mm -hmm. secure And um, when I was having a discussion, this with my girlfriend, she brought up a really great, um, she's a therapist and she brought up this story about how restraints are used in therapy and how it's really, really common in this culture in the US, but not as common in a sister place like the UK that has Mm -hmm. a really similar culture to us and how it's not, we don't use those restraints to keep the person safe. We use those restraints to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's about starting to see through that illusion that you ever need to buy into anything, whether it's coming from society at large or your mother, people close to you, your D-list friend or F-list friend or B, you know, mm-hmm. these layers of people and how much yeah. their opinions matter and starting to find methods that work for you, that help you see through the illusion that nothing really is even playing out except in your mind. You are controlling the dial that calibrates how much it matters to you, what other people think. And you need to realize that that is done to you, is done to me, but you must 
claim it back. Yeah. And I think, and that's one thing that I really have been working on, even myself. This new year, it's kind of cool. Um, I didn't really see the transition happening, but like I just decided that, you know, that I was going to put myself first um, and just really work on, you know, my personal routines and my boundaries. And, you know, I'm one of those people where I will give, 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 and I would give myself until there was nothing left. And then I would be laying there on the floor and I would just be completely empty, you know? Um, and I think, you know, for somebody out there that, you know, wants to kind of figure out what those boundaries are, like for me, and you can chime in at any time, but for me, it was listening to myself, like, yeah. and then just pausing, like not reacting right away, even in conversations, like I would really listen to what the other person was saying. And then I would process it, you know, is this person, and not that everybody's, I don't want to make it sound like everybody's out to get you. But like you said, even the people that you're closest to, your family, your friends, people that you work with, they might not even be doing it intentionally, but mm. they might, like, I see it, like, just in conversation is that they unintentionally are trying to make you small. Yeah, that's right. Or that it's been done to you. I did not realize, okay, here's this woman me, <laughs> who's gone and traveled the world. I lived overseas for 10 years. I came home. I started international travel dating. I went on first dates to Johannesburg and Tel Aviv and second dates to Paris, Frankfurt, Istanbul, Memphis, New Orleans, um, I, just uh, Singapore, all, all of this crazy stuff that I've done. And I never really understood that I actually was extremely codependent because I, how could this woman who's so independent actually have codependency tendencies? But I have this, um, I follow the holistic psychologist on Instagram, highly recommend that because she crystallizes these comment, uh, uh, concepts into these really nicely done graphics. And I went, she did one about codependency and I went, oh my God, mm. <laughs> I identify with four out of five, oh gosh. which is making everything okay for people, mm -hmm. caring more about their feelings than your feelings. It's this hemorrhaging of your power, right? Yeah. And so it does first, you have to recognize um, that it's been done to you and it has a source. I think of the Mormon church it, again, implicitly saying, lean not unto thine own understanding. I was cut off from my own intuition from birth. Mm -hmm. And to reclaim that back, and that wasn't just me. That's yeah. something that, I, again, we learn in the extremes. You will, listener, resonate with that, whether that was explicitly said to you like it was mm -hmm. to me. The message is loud and clear yeah. from every direction all the time make everyone else's needs around you more important than your own trust how everyone else needs to wants to do life you know or or this this vision of how life is done and this this standard and then if you don't meet it you're the thing that's wrong not that our expectations or what's patterned for us is wrong and so it it really is about witnessing yourself like you said I, I mm -hmm. that resonated with me I've done a lot of that where I hear something that might I might have heard over and over and over again and I pretend I'm hearing it for the first time mm -hmm. and then you can start to assess it and you have to do it so 
gently. You have to become a witness of your own life. And something else that's been helping me lately as well, I just am writing a blog post about this and I'm trying to just say it just right. And it's hard to say, but um, you need to know the difference between accountability and responsibility because those people around you want to make you responsible for their feelings. Mm -hmm. In fact, I won't even let my kids say the words, you make me feel. Mm. We're not allowed to say that in this household. We say, I choose to feel. I like that. And right, because you, it's, it's all done from those ages. Yeah. And, and our caretakers and our, our tribe of people who raised us and the people who taught us at schools, they didn't have ill intentions, mm -hmm. but they planted those seeds and they flourished unless you go in with the weed killer <laughs> and douse them out, you know, but it's yeah. so true. You cannot be responsible for other people's perceptions, mm -hmm. feelings, there, but that's a long, hard road to, to get there. And the thing that happens though, that's, it's like a two, a two, twofold bad, because not only are you hemorrhaging your power and off in this pretend land where you're responsible for them, you're, you're disconnected from your true learning about the things that you actually are accountable for. And how are you accountable for something like, you know, that, that wasn't your fault? That's been a hard thing for me as well, because there's been those kinds of things. But I've always looked for where my own culpability was in my own deception, even with the Mormon church, and even with some hard things, <clears throat> excuse me, within my marriage. I've gone back and realized it was some of these tendencies. Mm -hmm. If you don't go in and assess what is within your life that you're accountable for, that you're creating, and that you're drawing to you, you will just continue on a loop mm -hmm. of perpetuating it and then you'll become a victim because yeah. everything's so hard and it's everyone else's fault and mm -hmm. everyone's feelings are so hard to manage and you just can't live there. So but you want to go big and you want to go big. Yeah. And, and you know, it's such, it, it's cool having a conversation and obviously you get it, you teach it, you live it. Um, but this is such a, a, like a brain flip. Like it is so the opposite of what we're taught and that was something that I wanted to mention when you said our teachers and, you know, our tribe and who we were raised by. I mean, how far back do you think that those seeds have been planted? Because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking and like, I, like, I can't, I don't know when, when it started being acceptable that we weren't allowed to think for ourselves, yeah. you know, or about ourselves. Yeah. Um, so how can you... Well, if you want to get trippy, I mean, <laughs> it goes, you were existing back. in your grandma because your mom was in her stomach with all of the eggs she would ever have. Mm -hmm. So there was a version of you that has existed since then. And there are some schools of thought that believe, you know, all of those other traumas that those people experienced through the pregnancy, through your mom's, you know, childhood, that all of that can be within, I don't know if you need to go that yeah. far back, but they pretty much are, um, they pretty much are for, from birth, you yeah. know, birth at least. Yeah. Not and you know, that, ancestral. yeah, that would not surprise me, um, at all. And I would, you know what, if you want to come back, we can have a whole discussion on that because I would, I would be willing to. to go down that road. <laughs> it's a fun little rabbit hole and there's yeah. so much great information we could talk about. I've discovered Joe Dispenza last year. Uh, all of this where the science and sort of the, 
I wouldn't even say it's like spirituality, but it is kind of, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily woo-woo because it's so science-based, but yeah. there's a, that information has been some of the most transformative information I've encountered in my entire life and I'm so passionate about it. So I would love to, Krista. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and I do, you know, there's still a couple of things I, like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening and I'm like, oh, I need to speak on that. Oh, I need to, you know, um, but you I, you know, your, your words are powerful and your story's powerful. And I, I just can't, I can't hit home hard enough with a fact that like, it's all about taking that first little step and, um, how I'm trying to think about how to word this. Um, for those of you out there that, you know, are not happy with where you are, um, I mean, Natalie, how would you recommend, like, as far as, and I I did kind of touch on this, but Mm. like a tangible thing that they could do right now, if they have a pen and paper, Mm. what is something that they can do to start changing their narrative right Mm. now? Radical honesty for number one, but something that I just did recently that has been so helpful. I went to the VIA Institute character strengths profile. And, um, it's, uh, 24 strengths. We actually all possess them, but they're ordered totally uniquely for us. And there's more you know, just mathematically, there's more possibilities for how they could be ordered uniquely than Mm -hmm. could ever even possibly be people on the planet. So this is a very unique way in which they're ordered for you. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to go and take your top five and forget about the rest and just take those top five and start to magnify those. And where the honesty comes in is if you get your top five back and they might surprise you or they might go, yep, that's me. And I see the the way these top five, if I kept magnifying these and I see where I could go, if I had the faith within myself that I could take that leap of faith to go big. Um, I see how those are more in line with this life that I'm living now, whatever life that is that they're possibly, you know, wanting to make some changes and starting there of just gentle honesty about who you are and Mm -hmm. what you want, getting to know yourself on an even deeper level and becoming a witness of your life. And instead, that's the thing where you rise above it and you stop Mm -hmm. with all the the judgment and the, um, you know, limiting beliefs. I, well, how could I possibly do it? Like you've yeah, got to yeah. get rid of all of that nonsense and, and real, because you're just arguing for your limitations mm-hmm. if you're doing that. So you don't want to do that. You want to argue for your strengths and your talents and your capabilities and your aptitude and your big heart for why you would want to do this, clarifying your motives. That's a, that's a big mm-hmm. one. You've got yeah. to clarify your motives that it's not coming from ego because then once you tap into that, you're unstoppable because you know that it's not even about you. It's about being called into a deeper level of your purpose and you're not relying on your own strength at that point. You know well, that you're helped and supported. Yeah. And I mean, at that point, I mean, after you've done that, and I love that clarifying your motives, but like at that point, you were, you, were, you should be speaking and living your truth. Mm-hmm. However you know? that looks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, one thing that I've really learned and it's funny, I I mean, I told you that I've only done, I think I've only done about 10 interviews. 
even for me, um, I'm, I'm not one, this is not my typical style. Um, I, I'm an introvert by nature. And so talking to people, especially in person is really tough for me. And like, I just, I really want to dig deep. And for me kind of after having all these conversations with these women as I'm learning and I don't want to sound shallow, but like we naturally want to put people in boxes, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and just so that our brain can categorize where people go and, I just had this huge epiphany. I was talking to to a gal and she was like, people are okay to be comfortable with wherever they are. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, and I like, that's common sense. Like obviously people should be okay no matter what box they're in. But in order to get to the next level, you know, in order to go big, you know, I feel like you have to be, you almost have to be uncomfortable in your box. Mm, Absolutely. You know, it's a mix of like itchy feet and knowing there's more, Yeah. but then accepting where you are. Yeah. And I think, I think and, that, um, oh, go ahead. bring a Sorry. lot of gratitude for that and for what you've already learned. Cause then yeah. it'll just be this unattainable. No, that's right. <clears throat> it'll forever just be this unattainable thing. You'll never be content if you haven't mm-hmm. learned how to be content where you are, but being content where you are doesn't mean you're not hungry for more mm-hmm. and, and, curious about yourself and where you could go and what your potential is having big dreams and wanting to make an impact for people all of that is I don't know it's a nice little tidy ball of like (laughs) it's a kind of paradoxical right yeah but it somehow works together that Mm -hmm. you can't um you're just going to be swimming upstream if you're not you know tapped into to that and it's it's all about tapping into that intuition as well I love that. Of the messages coming from yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, Natalie, um, we're going to wrap up here, but I, I got so much out of this conversation and I hope that our listeners did too. Um, I did too, Krista, by the way. It was I'm so glad. such an amazing platform. It's so on, on key on message for the content that people are hungry for. Um, and I I applaud you for such a great concept and for the great work that you're doing. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Natalie. Um, I do want to make sure that if people want to follow you on social media, Mm -hmm. they want to get a hold of you, um, how can they do that? Absolutely. My name is Natalie Q, Q Q-U-E spelled out, and Natalie just N-A-T-A-L-I-E, easy way. And I'm on Instagram. I've got a um, Facebook page. My uh, website is natalieq.com and I would love to connect with you um, and send me a little message. Let me know you heard the podcast. I've, I've, there's, it's all about having this conversation about tangible meaning for people, right? And that would mean so much to me if somebody heard me here on your podcast and wanted to send a little note of what resonated with them. And that's great. I love that. And um you know, I can't wait. You are, I, I, you're definitely on my list to have you on the show again. Um, I just think, like you said, there's so much, first of all, there's so much to your story and there's so much that you could speak on. Um, I absolutely loved kind of giving, getting like the high, we went really, really high level with this one. Um, but we got into, we some, get into some of the more of the juicy, <laughs> juicy details next time. I like that. I'm yes. Sure people are curious about <clears throat> Absolutely. what that looks like when, you know, you go 
on a camper van trip to save your marriage or go, how do you even begin to meet someone to go on a first date to Tel Aviv and, you know, tell me more about your divorce. I love talking about my divorce, you know, so awesome. I would, it would be my pleasure and honor to get more into some of the story that these concepts that have meant so much to me were born from. So I would love that. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, for those of you guys listening, your tangible takeaways for this today, again, while I want this to be a motivational platform and I want you to hear, you know, real stories of real women, um, I also want you to have something to take away from this that you can put into action right now, like as soon as you get done with this podcast. Um, and thank you to Natalie. Uh, you can correct me if any of these are, are not right, but you need to start being radically honest with yourself. You know, just start listening. And that's something, if you guys need support or you want somebody to do it with you, first you can reach out to Natalie. She's a great resource for this, it sounds like. And then I'm also going through this myself where I am listening to the things that I'm allowing in my life and I'm deciding, you know, what side I'm on. Um, so I just really encourage you guys, be honest with yourself, be honest with your feelings maybe start a journal, you know, about things that maybe bother you or things you want to do. Natalie, I'm sure you could speak about journaling. I think everyone <laughs> should be writing every day and journaling is the way I journal. It's, I, I, I know I have a command of language and a, a large vocabulary, but that is not why I can articulate these concepts. It's from journaling because it's, it's not about your vocabulary. It's about your how deep you've gone into your human experience and the experience of others and journaling. I, I can't advocate for <laughs> it enough. If you want to discover who you are and what's really wrong in your life and how you could begin to fix it, journaling. I like it. So that's your, that's your real tangible tip is start journaling. And I think I've already said that before. I don't have a journal that you can look into because I personally write in everything that's in front of me. Uh, my planner, uh, my phone, literally whatever I have on hand is what I use. Um, but again, I have a journal, um, just if no, it's okay. Interested, <clears throat> excuse me. On my website, I have a 21 day break a habit and replace it with a new one journal. Oh, just I like that. that out there. If anyone's interested in it's go, it, if journaling was something that's new for you and you, you don't want to just free write and you want to actually have some prompts and some intention with it. I would love to have you. It's free on my website on natalieq.com. Well, you guys, I know where I'm headed as soon as we get done with this. <laughs> I'm going to go get that. Um, all right, you guys, I will not take up any more of your time, Natalie. I just, I really, I really do appreciate you being on the show. And my absolute pleasure. Absolutely. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed this podcast because I know I did. And I can't wait to talk to you guys on Motivational Monday. You guys can tune in. I will be going over whatever is on my heart as far as motivational goes, what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, maybe my favorite quote. So if you guys want a great jumpstart to your week, make sure to tune in on Monday. You guys can catch all of these episodes on womengoingbig.com or on the dashboard, anchor.fm forward slash womengoingbig. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye, guys.